0: Dot C-A.
1: TL Talk Radio, Season Six, Episode Twenty Nine. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 29 of TL Talk Radio. I'm Lynn Funy-Hetton.
2: And I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. Today, we're speaking with Julia Brotsky, CEO and Lead Instructor at Art of Inquiry, an online science school for young explorers ages 10 through 12. Julia has taught International Space Station astronauts and flight controllers, worked as a rocket scientist at NASA, helped out at NASA outreach centers, and worked as a math and science teacher at private schools and colleges. She's also written a book on informal math education and presented at Mathematical Sciences Research Institute at UC Berkeley and International Astrobiology Conferences. At The Art of Inquiry, classes support a fundamental cognitive and scientific skill— inquiry. Learners are immersed in the fields of space sciences, physics, and astrobiology, learning to analyze problems from different perspectives, recognize interconnections and feedback loops, take input from peers, and most importantly, practice posing questions in novel situations, skills that will stick with them beyond the classroom.
1: So welcome to the podcast, Julia. Thank you. We're thrilled to have you here today to talk with us a little bit about a topic that was um, unfamiliar to us this idea of astrobiology. So, let's get our conversation started with a personal story about how you became so passionate about connecting learners to the space sciences, physics, and astrobiology.
3: So, my interest in space sciences started in my childhood when I was starting reading books by Isaac Asimov, Ray Bradbury and other masters of science fiction. So, And that interest actually led me to my future studies at a Magnet Mass and Science School, where I specialized in science education, and eventually to my graduate degree in astrophysics. Well, as you see, I always loved teaching since I was still in school. So my first job out of college was a perfect combination of both. Uh, I became the instructor for the first expeditions to the International Space Station. And my job involved not only learning the facts about space science and aerospace engineering, but I also was creating curriculum and teaching astronauts and flight control crew, So, which was absolutely amazing. And later, as I started the family, I'm a mom of three, I Naturally got interested in education, and I decided to try to teach mathematics, physics, and earth and space sciences at private schools. So, while teaching those classes, I got extremely interested in astrobiology. It's a very recent science uh, that is very interdisciplinary in nature and it involves. It's astra, meaning science, space, sorry, astra meaning space, and biology, the study of life. So astrobiology is the study of life in space. So it includes both the life that could have originated on other planets, as well as the life we bring to space, including ourselves and microbes and plants and tardigrades and so on. So, astrobiology is a very unique, very multidisciplinary subject. And as one of my students put it, astrobiology is unique. It is the study of us and life among the stars. It brings together social studies, space studies, and biology. It brings us together.
2: So, we can definitely tell your passion. And for our listeners, um, Julia. Came in, we use Zoom to connect, and Julia has the nice space background. So she was tinkering um, with the space background and sort of showing her personality there. So I um, just wanted to share that with our listeners. So, Julia, uh, on your site, you share that humanity is entering a completely new world. A world of genetic engineering, sophisticated AI, emerging technologies, dramatic ecological changes and the rising symbiosis between sciences and humanities. So how does studying in the field of astrobiology support learners in this new world?
3: The focus of astrobiology is the life in the world that we are not used to, the worlds out there, yes? So. In the era of Anthropocene, the humanity has become another force of nature that is rapidly changing the world, the planet, and the humans themselves. So, and astrobiology is one of the ways that humanity is developing to face the unknown, to learn how to face the unknown. So astrobiology demonstrates the need to ask deep questions to connect historically disconnected fields like engineering and ethics, physics and medicine, biology and law. And we need to start asking ourselves the questions like, how do we survive in this new world? How do new things emerge? And what are the rules of the evolution and change What are the rules we need to develop and follow in this new world? What risks should we be ready to take? What precautions should be made? You know, how do we develop the growth mindset and mental resilience in the face of change? Uh, How do we make sure that the new powers that we develop do not harm all the living things on the planet, including ourselves? So this is just a sample of the questions astrobiology is trying to answer.
1: So you gave us quite a few questions to think about. and Help us understand why asking these questions is more important than knowing answers as learners study the field of astrobiology and other sciences.
3: So we just touched up on some of the questions astrobiology is concerned with. And it is said that questioning is a cornerstone of science. So interestingly, according to the latest research in the areas ranging from education to science to even management, uh, questions matter more than answers. And there are several reasons for that. Well, First of all, questions make us think. They turn our mind on. Uh, They create new connections within our brains. We actually cannot think without asking questions. Try to think about uh, without asking questions yourself.
2: Not possible.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, thinking without questions is just a repetition of known facts, correct? So if you want to involve some thinking, you better ask questions. Well, second questions show us the direction of future exploration. In the medieval times, cartographers used to leave blank spots on a map, called terra incognita, which attracted explorers like a magnet. Why? Because it showed them where to go, where they can find new things to explore. So we had this amazing exercise with the kids. Um, you can try it on your own. Try to create a map of what you don't know. Hmm. Let's say you want to create a map about the solar system. So what don't you know about the solar system? You know, first of all, you actually have to think about what you do know. <laughs> <laughs> In order to Please don't quiz, us. don't quiz us. <laughs> so th- this is just a suggestion for all the teachers. Uh, you can do it on any topic, on any subject. It actually turns, you know, it really engages this child's mind because they have to think, oh, what do I know already? Or what don't I know? And how to actually ask questions about it. So this is a very fun and really intellectually intense endeavor. Mm -hmm. So, and of course, questioning is known to foster engagement. Um, to foster problem-solving. Also, questioning also helps to challenge and change our perspectives, which is extremely important, especially when we have to switch from our habitual thinking um, that we develop in Earth's environment when we are thinking about other planets. Uh, for example, uh, life on Earth depends on liquid water. But is it a universal rule? So in a few years, NASA plans to send a probe to Titan. Titan is a moon of Saturn. It's extremely cold. So whatever water is there, it's as hard as a rock. So, but it is so cold that uh, some substances that we have as gas, like methane, which is a greenhouse gas on our planet, is actually a liquid on Titan. Could that we liquid uh, serve um, as a basis for life in really cold worlds? We don't know. But we need to be able to take a risk to question our assumptions. This is just one of the examples. Mm -hmm.
1: So absolutely, it makes a lot of sense. We need to keep asking questions to challenge our assumptions. Um, another piece that we found interesting when we were looking at your materials is this idea of studying astrobiology and how it can help students make a habit of systems thinking and noticing complexity. So would you talk to us a little bit about those ideas?
3: Absolutely. So astrobiology is concerned with the emergence of life or lifelike, complex interconnected structures. So the first question is how can something complex, complex How can something complex emerge and self-organize? Or if we are quoting Aristotle, why is the whole is more than the sum of its parts? How can no, can non-living things self-organize and replicate, how do feedback loops work, and how do we recognize them and teach our children to recognize those? So unfortunately, our education is somewhat behind on those questions. While quite a lot of systems, including self-organized systems, are around us and being developed, as we are building more and more interconnected systems, such as social media, medical artificial intelligence, as we are disrupting ecological niches on our planet, as we are altering the works of our brain and body with new medications and technologies, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, we need to become much more sensitive to what the system is, to their behaviors in time, and to the unintended consequences we can get. So um, our course on astrobiology includes a discussion on these topics including examples and computer simulations. While in previous century one had to wait until college to learn about nonlinear physics, nonlinear mathematics, um, right now we can actually use computers um, to demonstrate this nonlinearity, those interconnections, multiple feedback loops. For example, um, NASA has developed the DAISY world video which illustrates how life on a planet can change the temperature of the whole planet. We also play the game of life developed by mathematician John Conway, which is a very simple life with just four simple rules, which can create absolutely unpredictable results. So I hope we I hope our astrobiology course. Um, makes children more aware about systems and about complexity around them and the complexity they're about to create.
2: So clearly you're very passionate about this work. We can hear it in your, in your words and in the, the voice. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about your online program and what makes it so engaging for learners, especially around this idea of ownership and agency.
3: So several years ago, I had a profound discussion with Dr. Maria Drushkova, who is a fabulous math educator and the founder of um, Natural Math Community, on the importance of academic self-identity in student success. Uh, it's easy for students to learn about the work of a teacher, of a doctor, because they see them, they see their teachers on a daily basis, they see doctors pretty often it's so much more difficult to create the same basic level understanding of a work of a mathematician or a scientist. Because their work is not about solving a row of simple math examples, or learning certain science facts, or playing with lab equipment, as students may assume from their science lessons. Not at all. Uh, Their work is all about wondering about the world, about asking all types of questions, about making wild assumptions, making crazy associations, playing with scientific concepts, and being brave enough to challenge established authorities in the field. And of course, it's about being a part of scientific community, uh, getting support for all your crazy what-if questions, and arguing with your friends about scientific matters. So, um, I was looking for ways to remediate the situations. And one way is respecting the child's abilities to think about big concepts and challenges we face as a humanity. Because if we want our children to get involved rather than to be bystanders to science and social issues or just any problem we are facing as a humanity, we should share our questions with them. We should share our frustrations with them And we should invite them to join our discussions. Hmm. So I use role-playing and storytelling. Role-playing like, what would you do as an astrobiologist in this or that situation? Or storytelling, giving them a scenario. So your team is stuck on this planet. What do you do? Try to brainstorm your way out to help them to build this academic identity, to engage them to engage the students in cutting edge science which with no right answers to give them the taste of what it means to face a multidimensional problem with no clear answers and allowing them to feel themselves as a part of real scientific community and brainstorm alongside adults hmm.
1: Interesting. So I'm making connections to our last podcast where we talked about critical thinking and uh, maybe some of our listeners will follow that connection as well. And interesting also to see some of these strategies that you're using, role-playing, storytelling, um, strategies that could be used by any teacher in any science classroom um, in any school. So whether online or face-to-face. So interesting to hear about that too. So thanks for sharing. Before we invite you to share what you're working on right now, we have a few lightning response questions. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) the purpose of these questions is to get some more resources for our listeners and for us to learn more about these topics and dig a little deeper. So first question, who is one expert our listeners should connect with to learn more about the space sciences?
3: So I think one of the exemplary astrobiologists is Dr. Charlie Lineweaver, who is currently teaching at... um, Australian National University. He got his first degree in literature, his second degree in history, and then his PhD in physics from UC Berkeley. Hmm. So which gives him this multidimensional perspective, this holistic view of the humanity of the universe and the big history.
1: Yes, kind of a unique collection of knowledge,
3: right? Absolutely. Hmm. And as I said, astrobiology is very multidisciplinary. So he is a perfect example of what astrobiologists could be.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. How about if you were recommending one book to our listeners, what might that
3: book be? So I recently read um, an amazing book, very provocative book on cosmology that is called We Have No Idea, A Guide to the Unknown Universe. So, <laughs> Sounds... this book very well written with full of
1: unanswered questions. A scientist's dream. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. And um, how about a site, an online site or a resource or a person from whom you learn regularly? And we can link um,
3: some of these in our show notes as well. Definitely. So, of course, the first... Um, uh, resources nasa astrobiology institute itself and nasa astrobiology youtube channel but this is for those adults who want to learn about it if you want to show something to the kids i would suggest minute physics minute earth pbs eons vsauce and fraser kane youtube channels i also learned a lot from natural Math. They develop very innovative approaches to mass education. Uh, Water Center for System Thinking. Again, this is for adults who want to learn more about system thinking. And Journal of Big History, if you want to learn more about the history from the beginning of the universe and how it connects to our human history.
1: Excellent. And we will link all of those in the show notes.
2: Well, this has been a fun and unusual different kind of conversation for us It uh, definitely pushes our thinking into some new areas, but also making connections to a lot of the uh, ways that we've been sort of expanding uh, outcomes for our learners and, and definitely some connections there in terms of things that go beyond just uh, the traditional content. So Julia, what's next for you? What, would you? what are you working on that you'd like to share with our listeners?
3: Well, one of the most fun things that I'm working right now is I'm developing the cognitive astrobiology course together with a cognitive psychologist. So, and the questions we are going to discuss is not only how to establish a contact with an unfamiliar creature, which may be useful for us on Earth, <laughs> on Earth in the first place. <laughs> for, for example, can we even establish contact with dolphins and octopi but also, what to expect from the human brain in space. Mm. How would the human mind change or evolve on another planet? So, it's uh, extremely uh, intellectually stimulating for me, but I also think it will give the students a very different perspective on themselves. Interesting. So, I also I work in collaboration with Minute Earth YouTube channel. We are going to produce astrobiology videos based on students' questions and suggestions. So, young learners' questions or adult yes. learners' young learners' questions. Okay. That's right. So, and if you haven't seen Minute Earth and Minute Physics educational videos, I highly recommend you do. They are also working with K twelve teachers to develop educational videos to address their own needs. So, please feel free to contact them. They're amazing. Great. So I also collaborate with Mass Education Nonprofit Beam Mass. We share um, the common value of helping all the students, including low-income students, to build this academic identity by respecting their abilities and exposing them to profound STEM concepts. And. Uh, I plan to expand my program to invite more students. We probably uh, plan to invite Australian kids who are displaced by the fires to join the session for free. Um, I offer teacher training, and I also plan to do a lot of self-education in the topics of astrobiology, complexity, and cognitive astrobiology.
2: Always a learner.
3: Yeah, definitely.
1: Well, thank you so much for talking with us today, Julia. It was interesting to hear about your work and all of the work that inspires you or interests you. We'll share all those ideas in the show notes. And each episode, we leave you with a question to think about with the idea of provoking reflection and conversation. This episode's question, why might you want to introduce your learners to space sciences, physics and astrobiology? If you've enjoyed this episode, would you like to comment or check out the resources shared today? Visit the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for season six, episode 29. That's all for this episode. We'll be back next week with another conversation featuring other innovative thought leaders. Thanks again, Julia. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.